Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. If you want to explore more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head over to cageclub.me and check out some of our friends. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Bad, the podcast where we talk about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. I'm your host, Nick Jenkins. Today I am joined by three friends. First, we have Content Guru. I don't know exactly what to call you. <laughs> I don't know either. But <laughs> content Manager is my on my business card. Oh, okay. So. Content Manager. Sari Riley, hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, it's Just been a while. Blank thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome for my presence. <laughs> <laughs> we all appreciate it. Uh, producer and video maker for SciShow and Tan. Tangents, we have Tuna. Hello. You, this has been your month. I think this is three in a row for you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm digging is it. great. Yeah. I should have started putting my name on the spreadsheet more often a long time ago. <laughs> exactly. And finally, we have paleontologist and host of uh, PBS Eons, Callie Moore. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Good. Very good. You just got back from Washington, D.C., didn't you? I did. And it was a good time. It was. (laughs) And we're going to have episodes about it. It's going to be great. Oh, man. Yeah. uh, But you might be asking, why is Callie here? Does that mean it's time for a dinosaur movie? And indeed, sort of. <laughs> um, we're talking about the second in a trilogy oh, God. of movies. This is Carnosaur 2. We watched the first Carnosaur, which uh, I'm going to say is a decent little B movie. I don't think I don't think Callie <laughs> particularly liked it, and I don't think Sari enjoyed it very much. Mm-hmm. So. Tuna and I were like, eh, it's whatever, it's fine. I don't think I watched the first Carnosaur. Really? Oh, yeah. no. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I'll be <laughs> honest, I don't even remember either. signing up for it. <laughs> Who was on the... the... <laughs> but this is like a completely different movie than the first it one. It is, though. Yeah. That's the thing. So uh, Yeah, I mean, it didn't seem like there was anything that I wasn't getting from a previous story. No, no. it like flipped 180. The, yep. Yeah, yeah, the first movie didn't matter. And it yeah. didn't make sense. Yeah. It seemed like a sequel more in like, we need to cash in on a name. Oh, no, that's exactly to... what it is. Yeah. You bought these puppets and can't get rid of them? <laughs> yep. No, that make is... more of them this time, though. That yeah. is Roger Corman's thing. Yeah. Like, he is, he, he's going to do a movie and then, okay, it made enough money so we can do a sequel. Now, we're not going to spend any money on this. We're just going <laughs> to use everything we had in the first one and just shift it over. If we have other sets that we're using... Mm-hmm. We'll roll those into it as well. Actors will have on payroll. He had a lot of actors, I think, on payroll. Um, okay. So you can't say no. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, you are a working actor at that point. Right. And then, uh, well, like the guy, the helicopter pilot is from Mad TV. <laughs> yeah. Was, I remember thinking, like, is that who that is? Yeah. Like, I, I can't remember his name. Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was the steward guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like he shows up in here. and uh, All right, well, before we get too far into this, we have to do a 60-second plot dump. That person is going to be Callie. Oh, my. <laughs> okay, so it starts- Hold on. I don't even have my time. Jeez. Okay, here we go. 60-second plot dump for Carnosaur 2 in 3, 2, 1. Movie starts, there's a bunch of weird flashes going from desert to like weird egg thing hatching, and then you get into this 
place and we don't know where it is it finds out it's like a government facility and then a dinosaur shows up but you don't see it you just see like bodies flying all over the place and everybody dies except for this kid um it's very strange and then some people in black show up not the men in black just some random dudes in black with some (laughs) like like lightning bolts and stuff on them they show up and they're supposed to like fix everything and of course like they all die and then you find out that like oh my god there's like a bunch of dinosaurs now and they're all trying to like not die in a radioactive facility um and let's see what else happens um lots of people die lots of people die an arm gets ripped off some guts get eaten um all of a sudden dinosaurs can go through concrete walls and the kid survives in a dinosaur forklift uh battle at the end very good (laughs) all of it (laughs) i mean pretty much there's a couple little threads we'll pick up here and there, but <laughs> so Sari, I want to start with you because I feel like you and I have a particular interesting thing with this movie. Be- yes. Because <laughs> this movie is aliens. Yes, but bad. But bad. <laughs> no, it is a beat yeah. for beat ripoff yes. of aliens. Okay. So in Aliens, there is the group of Marines that are brought in to fix whatever problem is happening. In this, I don't know who these people are. They never say, do they? Does anybody ever say who the the lightning bolt guys in black are? Well, they're like electricians or something, right? But like... But like like, <laughs> like an early morning call team. I don't know. I don't know. It's bizarre. I even have that in my notes. Who are these people? Yeah, it doesn't make yeah. any sense yeah. who they are. But the, so, they... but there are Marines <laughs> for this. They <laughs> right. like the guy. the The guy who works for the company there is dressed exactly like Paul Reiser in in Aliens. <laughs> I mean, the colors are the oh. same. The shirt is the same. It's the same. Mm-hmm. There, there are set pieces in here that are in there only because they were in Aliens. Yeah, and everybody getting dragged away and dragged up yeah. stuff and dragged out. And yeah. yep. you find a catatonic kid yep. and then like becomes a father figure to this kid. Yep. Yep. Uh, wow. <laughs> the kid is like the only one that survives. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. That I, clicks with everything else I was thinking about the movie. I didn't catch it, but I now didn't that either. you're saying it, but I'm now like, that you, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I saw a review of this movie on Red Letter Media, and they joked about this. I did not understand how similar and like how correct they were. I thought it was just like, oh, there's some beats that are this. No, it's it, 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 it every fucking beat in this movie is lifted from aliens. Mm-hmm. It's it's like that, you remember that old show, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes. It's like submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, <laughs> our version of aliens, only it's dinosaurs. It's aliens yeah. with dinosaurs and it's not in the but future. Like, but mm-hmm. with that same low budgety kind of like mm. 90s. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, oh, where yeah. it's like, oh, what if we made that thing? But So at, at what point mm. did you realize? Ooh, I think... When they found the kid, I think you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. When they found the kid and they were like, he's in shock and then pulled him back to the uh, 
like the the main control room. Yeah. And while they were figuring out that there were dinosaurs attacking, he was still in shock. And then when the first dinosaur attacked and killed my favorite character sitting in his like right? gaming, big gaming chair, uh, <laughs> coding oh, chair. Oh, Moses? Moses, yeah. yeah. I don't remember anyone's name. Uh, I looked either. up his name because he was my favorite character. Yeah. Too. Miguel, I think it's Miguel Nunez, I think. Yeah. I, for some reason, Monk and Moses stuck in my head. <laughs> yeah, Monk. I guess Monk. But and which he was, one was Monk? He was the not eye was, patch guy. Oh, okay. He was Bill Paxton in this. He was Hudson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one was Reed, maybe, because that's yeah. what the kids shouted at the end. I was like, I wrote down one name. I gotta get. Gotta go save. Yeah. 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 Well, because like he fell off the the edge of the thing. And, and how went, do you survive that no. three story yeah. fall into yeah. metal pipe? Well, he landed on that big mattress that was covered with two by fours. Yeah. That's how you store two by fours. Yeah. You, you, get, you get a mattress and then you just throw your two by fours on it. Just in case you're being chased by a dinosaur, yeah. you have something to fall onto. Yeah. Reed was the main one. Um, Moses is uh, Miguel Nunez, who's been in a lot of bad movies, but a lot of decent movies too. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is. The 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 center console the center console guy uh, who even at the beginning I agree I was in that moment of like where everybody leaves and he's like it's all right go ahead I ain't scared you know he's like he's got good lines yeah. delivers them well mm-hmm. yeah um, but yeah so when he got attacked and the kid was like ran out of the room I was like this is aliens <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a script about this <laughs> damn straight we did yeah um, but so by and large. What was your experience with Carnosaur 2? Um, so I liked it better than the first one because it didn't make me angry. It was just kind of <laughs> meh. Uh, it, it, I don't even know why it was called Carnosaur 2, really. I guess because the dinosaurs were in it, but they were they felt so auxiliary to the plot. They were yeah. just this faceless enemy that... I don't know. It was just it was just a story, and I was along for the ride, and so I didn't hate it. I didn't like it. I like. It made me want to rewatch Aliens. Yeah, it did uh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, just like no strong reactions. This movie existed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Callie, our resident dinosaur person. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, it's interesting because like there was a lot of science to comment on. In the first one. Oh, yeah. Because they were trying to do something. Kind of trying. I mean, they failed. But they, they, failed they were trying. Hard. But yes. But yes. in here, there's nothing. Yeah, they straight skipped over that. They were like, <laughs> we got dinosaur DNA and we made dinosaurs. And then they started breeding. And that was like all of the science in it. Which I actually respected that more than trying to make a bunch of fake science that doesn't like make any worlds of sense. Mm, okay. So like I think I mentioned on the first one, if they would have just like glossed over the science, the first one wouldn't have been that bad. Because I wouldn't have got hung up on it so much. Yeah. So this one, so you say this is like a ripoff of, of um, aliens. aliens. Yes. But... To I don't me. say it. It is. <laughs> yes. But there were so many parts that were Jurassic Park. Like even their dinosaurs sounded like the raptors <laughs> oh, with yeah. the high pitched squeal. Dude, and yeah. like like picking up the guy and like shaking him, you know, like I was just like, <laughs> yeah. there's that was straight from Jurassic Park and using the hands to like move stuff out of the way. And it's just a close up of the hands and, you know, instead of a hand and a doorknob, it's a hand and some random meta pipe. You know, this movie, I was pretty indifferent about it. I missed all of the like words coming up on the screen to like tell you where you were at. 
like with the first one, all oh, of the green stuff, you know, yeah. coming up and like, oh, you're here now. Oh, you're here now. Because it was very <laughs> confusing. And it wasn't until like practically like a third of the way in that you find out that you're at like the Yucca Mountain nuclear facility. Right. And they're treating it like it's this big giant secret. Isn't that common knowledge? Isn't common That's, knowledge Yucca? I feel like they used the name and did not research anything other than that about it. Like, like nothing. That it was, is, oh, that, yeah, Yucca. That sounds like a cool word. Let's use that. But it's got radiation right there. It, yeah, like yeah. they're using it like as a plot part with nuclear waste facility. And I'm like, that that's our nuclear waste facility. Like I'm pretty sure I've known about the Yucca Mountain facility <laughs> right. since I was in like grade school. Like anyways, but they treated it like this big secret, like nobody knew it was there. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. <laughs> um Yeah, it was easier to it was kind of easy to follow along. Lots of like, who's who's are these peoples? Where where are we? Where are we now? Um, it was it was definitely raunchier than the first one and gorier than the first one. Um, I thought at least. Oh, I disagree. Really? I mean, she gives birth to a dinosaur in that first one. But I mean, they don't like. They're not all up in it. Uh, the. Uh, it like what comes the, out alien style, you know, but like their their version of Vasquez in this gets her arm ripped off, <laughs> not ripped so much as like gently pulled, pulled away. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, pulled yeah. Away. Well, you got to have the stringy effect, yeah. the cheese effect. If you pull too yeah. fast, she you... seemed very surprised by it. Yeah, <laughs> she did. Yeah, and there it goes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then and then got her guts eaten. Yeah, right. there were lots of things that I was like, what can die? Are these like half? <laughs> spider dinosaurs because they're crawling like straight up ventilation shafts. Yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. She also had the same reaction as like you would with a spider where it's like, "Ah, oh, uh, (laughs) okay. Oh, there goes my arm. Oh, now I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I I was wondering about the the physics of how dinosaurs crawl up ventilation shafts. See, this is the problem. (laughs) When you remake aliens with dinosaurs. It does make it a little... To be fair, that is Jurassic Park. Like yeah. Jurassic Park is kind of like that same plot. Of... I mean, they even had a dinosaur trying to get through a fence. Yeah. <laughs> but before that, the dinosaurs were like miraculously coming through concrete. Yep. Yep. And then all of a sudden, the big giant mama dinosaur couldn't get through a fence of an elevator. Yeah, that was the most unrealistic part. It was just <laughs> standing there staring inside like, "Oh no, I what can't get I you." Do? There's a barrier in yeah, front of this me. This flimsy, I've moved one of those loading door like fancy <laughs> elevator fences. I haven't busted through it, but I'm a small human. That was a giant dinosaur. I mean, we all have our Achilles heel. (laughs) I found out today that mine is Google Calendar. (laughs) For this one dinosaur, it was a chain link fence or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, But like for, I did, I agree with Sari. I liked this one more because I didn't get hung up so much. So much on so the bad much. on the bad science. I was able to be like, oh, it's a monster movie. But let me tell you, those dinosaurs are hulks. They were like throwing bodies around like they were like bing bags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt like it, it like this is one of the things that bugged me about this was I mean, there's a lot, but the 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 part where they didn't have the money to film a dinosaur attack. <laughs> So instead, a person just flies across screen mm. or gets actually like the, the the reveal of the first dinosaur with uh, Moses. He basically just 
the dinosaur just punches him. Yeah. He just, mm-hmm. he just sort of like slaps him. Slaps yeah. Him. And he, slaps him there. And then Moses wants to go punch back. And it's that, just like I, a weird slap fight. Like I okay. wish they would have like developed that yeah. a little bit more. I was like, oh my God, there's about to be a, yeah. a bitch fight with right. a dinosaur. And then it didn't. Happened. I was like, oh. <laughs> then he right. got electrocuted, and it was like that's oh, anticlimactic. Yeah, because yeah. mm-hmm. like you could you could do that, but it was weird to me because I'm like, are they boxing dinosaurs? Yeah. <laughs> Judo flip a dinosaur. They, That'd be oh, sweet. Oh yeah. Like, See, are they wrestlers? Like what? <laughs> yeah. Like it, it didn't. Like every time somebody got thrown, like the 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 terror that is present in. I'm just going to talk about the first Jurassic Park because I have many feelings about the others, yeah. but the first Jurassic Park, the terror is like they're gonna tear you apart like yeah. it's not it's not like they're just gonna punch you or shove you you know right like the bigger ones might you know get in you know, you know <laughs> I'm, I'm miming which doesn't do any good <laughs> they might bump into you and kill yeah. you but like the velociraptors and even the t-rex like it's gonna shred you yeah that's the fear yeah well and it's got the element of realism to it too because that's like one probably the major milestone of treating dinosaurs as animals instead of monsters. Mm-hmm. So it was the the thought of, oh, that's what a lion does to a gazelle, and that's what the dinosaur is going to do to the character. Yeah. And, like, that's a real-world experience. It's not like, oh, like, yeah, a dude goes flying through a window because... Because that's what Chuck Norris he... would do. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know, like, how are these dinosaurs... Are they, like, kicking? Are they... Picking up and throwing. And like, if so, again, I want to see that. Exactly. The physics of these dinosaurs were just mind-boggling. There's a great moment in the first Avengers film where uh, Hulk kicks someone. And originally, Joss Whedon was like, I don't think Hulk kicks people. Because it was in the storyboard like, and, and with, for, the, um, for the animatics. And then when they showed it to him, it was like, oh, no, he doesn't really kick the thing. He just sort of steps on it. <laughs> and it's like, I could see that with the T-Rex just walking up going, yeah. and just stepping mm-hmm. on you and holding you down as he tears pieces off. So, yeah. Tuna. Yeah. What was your experience with this movie? Uh, you know those tweets where they're like, oh, we fed every 90s movie into a computer and spit out a script. <laughs> That's what this felt like. Sure. Beginning to end. Uh-huh. Like every, like the way the characters acted, the weird like video cinematography, like the lighting. Every, all of it was just like, oh, yeah, this was like the first major 10 years of my life all wrapped <laughs> up in a neat 80 minutes. Yeah, I mean this this looks a lot like I hate to say it this way, but it kind of the best straight to video yeah. like crap. It's, like because it, it, it's not yeah. like when you look at how it's lit, everything's lit. Like you can you're never looking like, "Oh, that's uh, I can't see what's happening or or anything. There's color." Like they they've thought about, you know, how to cut things out from the background. Um they have sets that mm-hmm. are believable sets yeah. for you know for what they are that used in a different way could have been shot better could <laughs> right. have been uh decent but like nothing is under or overexposed like it's all like it's all good you yeah. know but <laughs> it is in the service of crap well it's i mean i have a hard time even thinking oh this is outright crap i mean yeah obviously it's a rip off of much better movies but even like the cinematography we were talking earlier where I was going to make the joke and then I looked it up and no this dude the cinematographer for this film was a gaffer on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 
And it's like that same low budget 90s. And I don't even know. I'm like, I'm just excited to talk to you about it, Nick, because I don't really know how to describe <laughs> it really. It's simultaneously like high key and low key lighting where there's yeah. like shadows everywhere. But there's never any like it's still really like brightly lit. Yeah, it is a it's an interesting trick, and that's like such a '90s thing to me. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're talking about, if you don't understand high key, low key lighting, uh, so when you think of most comedies, not all. Don't get on and chew me up. There's this one comedy <laughs> with Nail and I. So. Um, High key lighting is typically what you would see in comedies where everything is lit. Everything is bright. And it's not necessarily because that's happier. It's just because a lot of times you're dealing with very uh, subtle physical performances and you need to capture them. And when things are brightly lit, you can also have uh, deeper focus because you're not closing your iris uh, or you're not opening your iris as much up. So you just pump more and more light into it. So that's high key lighting. Typically reserved for, um, you know, like family dramas and sitcoms and stuff like that. And and major motion pictures that are usually comedies, musicals, stuff like that. Musicals, especially before 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, Low-key lighting is the, the best example is something like film noir. Yeah. So film noir where you have shafts of shadows, you have deep shadows. Things can hide in those shadows. Shadows mm-hmm. can help tell part of the story. Um and your exposure can often be really, really low. Low key. A great example of a low key lit film is Fight Club. Like that thing is dark. <laughs> I was going to say, look up anything by David Fincher. Anything by <laughs> David Fincher. Um, and it's you know it. it sorry, <laughs> one of my former film students just texted. <gasps> so that's the difference in, in high key and low key lighting. And in this, you do have that. You have the characters are all perfectly brightly lit. But then you have deep, dark shadows Mm -hmm. in the background and everything. And to get those to balance out is actually hard. (laughs) I I started paying attention at one point and like maybe one out of every 20 shots did not have a really bright light six inches out of frame. Right. It was every time. And it like never motivated. Like there was one (laughs) point where they're walking through like these tunnels and it's like, well, there's just like a light on the ground lighting a big arc on the wall for some reason. Most (laughs) lights are up on the ceiling, but not this one. It's so funny because like there's a lot of stuff. If you watch David Lynch films, there's a lot of unmotivated lights (laughs) in David Lynch films. When I shot a person's thesis in grad school, I remember, well, the background looked just flat. So we put a light behind a, a chest of drawers. And so there was a light coming out from behind it. Now, it's in the background, so you don't really see it. But if you thought about it, you'd be like, There's, mm-hmm. why is there a light behind the the dresser drawer? It doesn't make any sense. Right. So a lot of times when you're working in low-budget filmmaking, that's something you do. You see a lot of unmotivated <laughs> lights because you're like, I have to do something. Well, and I think the key is because it's not like every light is always motivated in every right. good cinema. It's uh, how you hide it. Yes. And like, that's the thing about this film is there was no attempt to hide it at all. No. Ever. It's, no. You're talking, you're like, okay, it's in the background. Like maybe, you know, make sure it's out of focus. <laughs> like whatever. And it's like, nope, here, just get that flare coming off like the side. Like, yep. yeah. Just what? be like JJ. Make it, make <laughs> yeah, those flares right. in post. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's fascinating, but that that brings up the point that it's like it's a it's in the service of crap, but at the same time a lot of what they're doing is interesting and and not easy, at least from a low budget perspective. Mm-hmm. As you get into higher budget, now, eh, you know, I hate to say that too because being higher budgeted you get more problems as well. So, there are problems at every level of filmmaking, especially <laughs> for cinematographers for God's sakes. Yeah. 
You look like you were about to say something. No, I was just <laughs> listening, fascinated. No, no. These are the things that I don't notice at all in no. movies. Like you, the things that yeah. you're bringing up, I'm like, I'm sure this looks obviously <laughs> weird or bad, but in my mind, no idea. Like I would not have noticed. <laughs> yeah, but I would argue you're not necessarily noticing it consciously. But mm. these are things that are like giving it that feel. Yeah, I did notice like random bright lights everywhere. And I'm like, you know, I mean, okay, they're underground, they're in a tunnel. <laughs> it kind of looks like these tunnels are still kind of under construction. So you have those weird like utility lights hanging up all over the place. <laughs> over but I did think that the lighting brought something to it though like keeping it dark and darker or something you know like I don't I don't know I felt like it it fit well that's the thing that like strikes me and makes it feel so 90s is the weird like overlit but still really shadowy is comparing it to like aliens the use of shadow there is a lot of like keeping things mysterious and like yeah. there's things can be lurking in the dark and in this film it never felt like that because mm -hmm. everything like it was either super dark shadow for atmosphere and everything else is brightly lit so it never felt dangerous at all yeah mm -hmm. it was always like there's no these shadows exist but they're not something that something can come out of well and it amplifies that moment with Moses where the mm -hmm. the dinosaur is revealed there's no reveal mm -hmm. it's a cut and there's the dinosaur. Yeah. And yeah. Whereas but you have this space that's an interesting space like that whatever set I don't think they built that set for this movie. <laughs> I feel like that was the same set from the last movie. They just like tweaked it a little bit. Like I, where that lady be. was always at with all the screens, you know? It could be. The lady that had the dinosaur. It looked like a spaceship set to me. It looked like the bridge <laughs> of a spaceship yeah, I could see that with too. The, the main chair in the middle. Mm -hmm. Like, what is this for? But that that set, it felt like there are lots of places where things could hide. And, and there would be ways to make something interesting happen. But instead, he's just sitting there. And then out of nowhere, the thing is just <laughs> there. Right. Well, like none of the dinosaur attacks happened in the tunnels, really, until towards the end when they were trying to run away. Right. But all the initial dinosaur attacks, it was like Moses in the chair. Then there was like they went underground a little bit to the wherever. I don't even remember. There was like a triangle-ish structure yeah. with the military man. And then someone just got dragged away dragged in away. the middle of the Eye room. guy. Yeah. <laughs> Zeb? Yeah. No idea. I thought Zeb was the guy at the beginning. I had to go look it up because apparently one of the actors got nominated for an Oscar at one point. And I'm like, how did you end up here? <laughs> <laughs> there is someone who, this was his last feature film too. Oh, he, that was Zeb. Yeah, that was Zeb. He did yeah. a lot of... Um, a lot of westerns and like he was in mm -hmm. he was in a lot of really good stuff and then you know you're a working actor you end up you know yeah. doing paycheck um, or oh, you yeah. might have been retired and be like I'll do a movie yeah you know? oh yeah I'm not knocking on it at all I yeah. used to work in reality TV I know what it's like to work for a paycheck oh man <laughs> there's nothing wrong with working for a paycheck <laughs> but you gotta put the work in which right. I believe all of these actors did yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That was the thing too is there was never a spot where I'm like oh this is like really horrible acting it was just like and there were spots where I'm like, yeah, that's actually like relatively good acting. Some of the lines were not, uh -huh. not some, most of the lines. <laughs> like that's, again, the feed every 90s movie into a thing. And it was just like the dialogue was written by a cliche generator. Yep. Yeah. Eye patch guy, don't tell me that, don't tell me. Like that kind of dialogue where it's like, <laughs> I, mm, well, uh, okay. Yeah. That's like something I would write as a joke to make fun of those sorts of things. Yep. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, but this movie is probably where I picked up things like that. Like, what, what year did this movie come out? 95. Oh, 95. So when did Stargate come out? I have no idea. I miss. 
Stargate. <laughs> Good show. Oh, and the the movies. show. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Stargate came out the year before. Mm. Okay. I'm just saying the the father son weird relationship there mm. is a little bit you know, but it is a Ripley Newt thing as well. Right. Mm. Um, he is the actor. The only actor I would say is is kind of odd in the movie. The Reed. Something mm-hmm. weird, oh, yeah. not bad, but like weird about his performance. And then I read in the, I read in the trivia that he says <laughs> yeah. he was drunk the whole time. I could see that. <laughs> I could see that. I mean, that would make a performance weird. It would. Yeah. yeah. And again, not bad, just weird. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like he's clearly a capable actor. Yeah. Well, he was the one, I'm pretty sure, who was, I don't think he won, but he was nominated for an Academy Award. Well, now, now I have to check that. I, because I'm pretty sure it's him. Because mm-hmm. I looked up the picture and I'm like, really? That guy is the one? <laughs> John Savage? Yeah. I can't believe the, well, the the researcher guy. He wasn't a, like a researcher, but the Yucca Mountain guy. Mm-hmm. The khaki dressed man amongst the black. <laughs> oh, Cliff Young. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe that he didn't die like way sooner. Like he like sent those guys down there to die and then sealed them off and then they saved him and then he like yeah. suicide bombed himself with, with the dinosaur and well, I was like the so part where he's not... like trying to crush the dude's trachea and yeah. then five seconds later they're just like oh sorry bro and it's like why yeah. that was like a like mm, that guy yeah. tried to kill several people several times <laughs> right. and then he gets like a hero's ending at the end like mm-hmm. oh I'm not gonna make it out so I'm gonna die with this guy that has like a broken leg and set off some dynamite at some point they said something like i I wrote it down because it was like this is the first sensible thing in this movie they said fuck him let's go when he was like sprawled (laughs) out on the floor leave him for the dinosaurs i was like yes this man has tried to kill you leave him but then they they, like reluctantly picked him up or something brought him yeah yeah, like saved him again yeah i like i said i mean in a horror movie, <laughs> that's how you make the sequel's next monster is by leaving that dude behind. Because then he comes back and he's madder. And now he's going to unleash it all upon the world or something. That would be a better premise. Oh, do you want? No, you go. You go. <laughs> that would be a better premise for a sequel than this one as a sequel yes. to the first movie because they just retconned. The end of the first carnosaur. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. I was like, didn't they have a battle with the dinosaur? With like, was it a? It wasn't a forklift, was it? It was, it was a, a bulldozer. A bulldozer. Yeah. <laughs> so we went from a bulldozer to a forklift. Yeah, oh. yeah, but it was like basically the same ending. Yeah, okay, but it's motivated in that first movie. In the first movie, it's motivated of why that thing is there, and like, because it's with the hippies. That are trying to like. Well, you haven't seen the first one, but no, the, in the first but... one, there's a bunch of hippies who are trying to get them from uh, from bulldozing stuff, and so they're chained themselves to it, which is one of the greatest scenes when they've chained themselves to the bulldozer, but then the dinosaurs Agreed. show up and they can't get away, and so they're all eaten. I like hippies too, and yeah. I so I'm not saying you know bad things should happen to hippies, but it was a great scene in a movie. Yeah, agree to agree. Yeah, and then in this one though, it's only there because it was in Aliens. They just couldn't afford a giant mech suit. That explained the like super clunky attempt to bookend it where uh-huh. he plays with it in the beginning. Yeah. And I was like, what is the point of this scene? And we got to the end and I'm like, that was like the least, that was a terrible setup. Like it was meaningless. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was, Because yep. yeah. like somebody read about the concept of bookending, but didn't really understand what it did thematically. It would have been better to me if they hadn't put that thing with him in and he was like figuring it out. 
at the end. He's basically already figuring it out at the end, and the dinosaur is moving so slowly (laughs) and just like standing there waiting to be gouged with this forklift that he could have done anything. Yeah. Uh, It was not a battle, it was was a very slow motion, like, it was a very, like, standoff. He was just going back and forth. Like, Uh that's all he was doing. And I mean, the point of that's, there's a lot of points of that scene in Aliens. A lot of people talk a lot of shit about James Cameron, and he is in his older, in his his waning years, he is becoming someone I really wish would shut up. <laughs> but he really did a fine job crafting that film. And one of the things, like, the, the whole thing is when Ripley gets in the loader, we know not only is this going to work as a weapon, but we know that she is good at it. Like, and, and she, there was an entire scene that it's not just showing her, yeah, this is a loader and here's forward and backward. Like, no, this is what she does. Like she's using one of her already expressed good skills to do this. So we know that there's going to be a fight. It's not just going to be whatever the fuck this was. A shoving match. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the mech itself, the mech suit thing serves to like fill out like oh here's this setting like this is yeah. a piece of technology that exists in this world right so she's smart she has to go like yeah. what's here ah right <laughs> there's not that same impact when you've got like a forklift no <laughs> yeah nobody's impressed by a forklift forklift no. and I'm a warehouse sorry for any forklift mm-hmm. operating listeners I do not I don't want to denigrate what you do. I'm just saying it's not the most exciting thing to I drive. I'd love to operate a forklift. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, I mean, also wouldn't put it in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> like right. I was a graphic designer. I wouldn't put graphic designer in <laughs> yeah, a movie yeah. unless yeah. there was a purpose to it. It doesn't work on screen as well. Yeah. Well also this kid just in general, his skills skill set didn't make sense. And his like purpose in this whole movie was just yeah. to move the plot along because he was apparently very good at hacking into the system. <laughs> Yeah, hacker voice. (laughs) I found a map for you. Uh, (laughs) And I've been hacking in for months. Well, you didn't know, government man. Like, what? He just lives there, presumably. I know he said he. there was someone who was like an uncle. uncle. Yeah, Yeah. his uncle worked at the facility. So he was just like around. Hanging around. Yeah, and like hanging around, hacking into into trouble. Right. Finding dynamite. dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. Because if there's one thing I know about secret government facilities, they love just people's random relatives hanging out. Hanging out. Especially minors. Just chilling. But did you also notice that they talk about dynamite, they use dynamite, but all of their booby traps are C4. <laughs> I did not notice that. I didn't notice that but either. now that I'm going back in my head, I'm going, yep, that is uh that's some C4. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, you yeah. you have to electronically detonate C4 and you have and, to light dynamite. Yeah, dynamite needs a fire <laughs> to make it work. Yeah, so they they only specifically talk about dynamite and how awesome it is. But all of their booby traps are C4. And we're like, where did the C4? Was it also in the room? Did the men in black bring it? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. I, mean, I could see them just not knowing the difference, maybe, <laughs> and just being like, what is a word that people know? Dynamite. That means any explosive. <laughs> but I, I guess, no. yeah. That, I mean, like, I feel like I'm a 30-some-year-old woman, and I know the difference yeah. between dynamite and C4. <laughs> Wouldn't some 30-some-year-old dudes in the 90s making a monster movie know the difference between C4 and dynamite? I would be willing to bet a lot of them were older than 30-something. Well, I just throw in that In the out. 90s. Yeah. They didn't have the world of video games. Maybe not. 
You know, oh, they had action movies. I guess you yeah. didn't really have C four in, in Sega Genesis anytime. <laughs> I don't know. I just find it funny that you you pick that out, and I had totally <laughs> Immediately. glossed over it. Immediately, right. I was like, "What?" Because he like they make a point to like show him working with his little bomb, like super close with his hands, you know, and like lining the line, and I'm and then he like gets his little remote trigger thing and turns it on, and I'm like, "What?" You know what? I'm going to say I I am on the side of, no, this was knowledge because I definitely remember an episode of MacGyver where <laughs> C4 was a plot thing and he had to use it to, like, right. break into some drug lord's mansion or Again, something. Again, Yucca Mountain, common knowledge. Yeah. C4, common knowledge. Right. <laughs> You talk about MacGyver a lot. It's just, well, when we watch movies from this era, that is, like, my main cultural... Point. I'm not saying um, it's a bad thing. Oh, okay. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just find it fascinating. Yeah. That's, he does. He MacGyver was awesome. Yeah, like great theme song too. Yeah. Yes, I really like MacGyver. It was always on when I got home from school. Like that's yeah. what my mom was yeah. watching when I got oh, home from nice. school, and I watched a lot of MacGyver. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I just found out that Greatest American Hero is on Amazon Prime, oh. which if you guys don't know, what Greatest American Hero is. Is this is this, this show from the seventies? Lasted exactly two seasons, about a guy who gets a suit from aliens. That's a Superman suit, and he loses the instructions on how to use it. Oh, and so, wonderful. he and an FBI agent spend the entire series trying to solve crime and thwart bad guys with this suit that he can barely use. And it is terrible, but also a lot of fun. But the weird thing is that they've gone through on the versions on Amazon Prime and they've taken out whatever music was there. Oh, no. And they've added in more modern music. Oh, that's even worse. I'm thinking there was a rights issue or something. That's probably it. I know there's like a bunch of like MTV era stuff that never got released for that same reason. That you got to when you're signing your contracts, you've got to in (laughs) perpetuity because... It's weird You're watching this <laughs> yeah. bell-bottomed dudes walking on the street, and there's this clearly early 2000s ballad playing, and you're like, right. what is happening? Did they at least get real songs, or is it all just like temp track stock music? Like, Well, it's it's real songs in, in, in that there are there is a band and a singer. Oh, okay. But I have never heard any of these songs. So it's like, I don't know, just... Come up with a song, you guys. <laughs> right. Just... <laughs> it's so bizarre to watch that. It is. The, the, anyway, this, I'm probably going to edit this out. But I, I like that's just it's that's so 70s. <laughs> Put a funk band together real quick and just <laughs> and then you can ha- it would be fine. There, would, yeah. Was there any music in the, was there background music in this movie? Yeah, I think so. There was some, but it was like incredibly bland. And okay. then there was that one, the Flight of the Concords, whatever, oh that God. came oh, on Flight twice. Of the yeah. Like, yeah. Or Valkyries, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wish it was TV Flight show. of the Concords. That would have been kidding. Jermaine and Brett, Brett show up. Those are, yeah, Flight of the Concords. Um, yeah, that's why. Valkyries, yeah. Oh, my God, that song. I was like, man, it's so That was actually my good. one of my favorite parts of the movie was, I think the guy turns around and goes, can you turn that off? That's a bit loud. Because <laughs> yeah. I had the same feeling. Like, it was, did you just turn that off? Well, and that was, I don't know, it's one of those things where, again, I've seen that 
parodied more than I've seen it taken seriously anymore. Sure. Yeah. But so the fact that I've seen that made fun of so many times made this one seem like a really weak jab at it because it was like, <laughs> you know, put it in the tape player, turn it on, and then somebody gives a look like, really? But then they keep going with it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. well, if you're going to make fun of it, Maybe don't, like, keep going with it. Like, you don't... Right. Like, just because you look at it and go, like, ah, see what we did there doesn't make it better when you keep doing it. The Yeah. Well, the the thing, like, Apocalypse Now, of course, is where that came from. And in there, even, it's not intended for... It's not, like, it's played over the helicopter's speakers. It's not right. um, something that they're playing for themselves. They're using it to create fear. So that's why that works. In here, there it's a it's a puny helicopter and there's one. Like there's just one helicopter. <laughs> and it's a cassette deck. It's a cassette deck. Like who How loud did they really get? Yeah. On batteries? Yeah. On batteries? Yeah. Like yeah. Like I don't know. It's just weird. It's like well, cuz you think with that you're like we're going to be awesome, but you're not. You're you're a one. Heli- I guess I've never been in a helicopter, so maybe I would feel awesome if I was in a helicopter. The toy helicopter explosion, though, was pretty good. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and thus brings us to the toy helicopter explosion. <laughs> I was like, wait, is it going to explode? <laughs> oh, it exploded. <laughs> God, they fucked that timing up so bad, though. Like, you need to hide your toy helicopter. Because, like, once it hits the ground, it's like... And bounces? Sh- and bounces. Uh-huh. It, it looks like a toy... Even in slow motion, it looks like a toy helicopter. Right. So you need to just cut and then explode. And they didn't. It bounced <laughs> bounced <laughs> bounced came to a rest. <laughs> oh. it's, I mean, it's that same thing with Reed falling three stories onto a mattress where mm-hmm. it's like... You know, normally, like, you cut away right as he hits so that you don't see the entire thing yes. give. And they were like, no, let's show the thing giving three or four times. Let's right. go mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. yeah. I have a question. And I don't I'm looking at you because uh, you and Callie are both science-ticians. Mm. Um, but I don't know if Cal- how, how much of a science-tician Callie is with nuclear physics. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that much either. <laughs> well, I've got, takes I'm me not back. either. I've got strong feelings, and I hated everything about this movie in that aspect. But mm-hmm. so at the end, there's an explosion. <laughs> yeah, that. yes. <laughs> That's my like, final note. Is did they all just get radiation burns? Put, to like, death? Yeah. is there now a nuclear fallout in in Nevada? Uh-huh. Like, like, yeah, he made that, it sound like there were a lot of weapons and waste stored there. Because it wasn't just waste it was in the movie. Awesome. It was like, no, there, there were, were nuclear warheads, warheads yeah. here it was everything. that you just detonated. <laughs> and <they> just, <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Which no. was another, like, oh, it's so frustrating because it's like that has nothing to do with the actual Yucca Mountain. Like. And it's, I don't know. Well, that's the secret part. It's, yeah. (laughs) Right. Is that there's weapons and actual like nuclear power going on. As far as I know, I tried to look this up earlier. I don't think there's actually Mm -hmm. a nuclear power plant at Yucca Mountain at all. It's just for waste. It's just a repository. Mm -hmm. Well, like also their radiation levels on the lower levels were like, in red danger zone and if you were actually a government facility you would have that contained in some way you wouldn't just be like (laughs) oh those are the high radiation levels in this facility well they said that the dinosaurs were messing with Mm. those containment towers down there and that's what like but still you're going through like 
it, you're having a failure, a mm-hmm. nuclear failure. You got Chernobyl going on on your lower levels, yeah, and everybody's just like, "What if?" And you don't bring in like the thunder or lightning jumpsuit people to deal with a right. nuclear failure. I'm <laughs> still convinced they're electricians. Yeah, I think that's what they were yeah, supposed to like, be, but they're they like, never like really... mercenary electricians. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like because got... they didn't even know what was going on. Because uh, mm-hmm. what's his name, curly hair guy. <laughs> Clifty Young. Yeah. He just He's like, no, no, no. This is only a need to know, and you didn't need to know. Just fix and these like, wires. Okay. But, like, you don't have a, a military group of people to come in and fix the wires? Right. Mm-hmm. You got to call... What, AAA? Freaking, well, <laughs> what these guys... It's weird, because, like, wouldn't it suck? Like, you know, there's the Arnold Schwarzenegger task force in Predator, and then there's this task force, <laughs> which is a bunch of electricians. And I'm, yeah. not, I'm not poo-pooing electricians, but if I'm an electrician, I'm not expecting to be thrown into a nuclear war zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. so seems dumb, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also weird. Like, why? Who are these people? That's what <laughs> Callie's know. Who are? Who? Who? They never say. Never, ever say. All I remember is they said that your your team was the closest. That's why we called you. Mm-hmm. I remember that too and it's like and it, they made it seem like it was a hard task too like we needed someone as soon as possible and so we called you guys to like come in and help because you were close but you, you had just... to fly on a helicopter out here anyway so and get did... somebody from the military on a faster helicopter yeah and also yeah. didn't he say in the beginning we're surrounded by 40 miles of desert in all directions and then later he was like we're surrounded by 80 miles mm-hmm. Of desert in all directions. I'm pretty sure he switched from 40 to 80. I'm sure they heard Seems that in likely. post and they were like, oh, it's fine. Nobody's, Nobody's gonna, gonna remember. remember. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this one will. This one right here will remember those dates, man. There's a lot about that fictional facility where they're just like, eh, it was whatever they needed it to be at the time. Like it, yeah. it stored nuclear waste, but also that's where they chose to put the dinosaur eggs. Like, what? Why would you yeah. and put the dinosaur eggs? On ice, I think his his phrasing yeah. was, which is like, what what <laughs> ice did you put it on? If you brought in one scientist, there would be like, okay, like Eggs this and is like, ice, don't yeah, mix, you know, like penguins. Yeah. Like if mm-hmm. their egg touches the ground for like thirty seconds, it's kaput, it's gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> and then so presumably it was either kept warm enough, or I don't know, like you put cells and stuff. I mean, that place is going to be hotter than the sun real soon. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. The entire United States is (laughs) undoubtedly like we are all dying of radiation after that Mm -hmm. end explosion. Because I was confused about what exactly blew up. Because. (laughs) Yeah, that's. (laughs) Okay. As far as I. Because I definitely like was looking at IMDb and stuff while I was watching and like at one point I got up to make tea and I was like yeah I don't need to pause this <laughs> so I thought maybe it, I missed something but yeah at the end it's like this scramble against a timer but then he has to like manually explode it and Hit it's a like button, yeah. yeah it's like well if if he had to do it manually then what's the rush why do we have to go He's the one with the explodey thing. I think the radiation. Yeah, there was, they were. I think. They had to out, like the the facility itself was like failing. They're running from an invisible thing. <laughs> That's, oh yeah. I, this but it is was, my note. Radiation is not spooky science murder ghosts. I just want to state that for the record. <laughs> because this movie treats them like spooky science I murder know, ghosts. I know, and everybody was like so not concerned about <laughs> 
the radiation. I was just like, Oh, I know. Yeah. At one point, yeah. they were like, Ah, it's fine. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. I'm just like, right. Oh my God. You guys are going to start bleeding internally in like T minus yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't like to bring up James Cameron all the time, but I will again. <laughs> one of my very favorite films is The Abyss. Yeah. And there is a great, yeah, Callie and I are talking about this. We want to do a commentary for it. Yep, like, yep, yep. Uh, but Can also, I? I just found out it's getting a goddamn Blu ray 4K release. <gasps> oh, are you kidding? Oh, I have a 4K television to, now. We I should need all come to buy watch an it. actual Blu ray. Oh, God. I'm so <laughs> excited about that. Yeah. But regardless, there is a scene in there where the military guys are talking to the oil rig guys about what they're going down to see, and they hand them a little uh, a badge. And mm-hmm. they say, hey, what are these for? And they say, oh, those are to check for radiation. And immediately they go, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't know anything about any radiation. <laughs> you know, and like it's like that's the moment, you know. Right. <laughs> and these people were like a floor above the two hot floors. And I'm mm-hmm. like, OK, so is your entire facility lined with lead? Because I hope so. And it doesn't <laughs> right. seem like it. And, yeah. and you have all these giant submarine doors and nobody shuts. Them, I was just like, yeah. this seems oh, like yeah, a that's... really easy Resident Evil, like, Le- like a... just shut them down there. That's just... a level one Resident Evil where you're you're learning how to play the game. Yeah, and you just go walk into the door, turn the crank. Oh uh, well, then... maybe that's why they didn't close them is because nobody had like the key with the rooster on it that you had to like hide in the clock so they couldn't uh, lock the door. Again I don't know like, what it was. I don't huh? think anybody in this movie got a tutorial. <laughs> I was just like, just. Just shut them down there. But then, of course, when all of them start coming through concrete walls, I was like, oh, well, maybe it doesn't matter if your doors are shut or not, because they're super Hulk dinosaurs, undoubtedly. It is is true. But getting back to this explosion. So if I understand it correctly, because this is what I've always been told. You can't just blow up and detonate. You can't use dynamite to detonate a nuclear warhead. No, no. not even. It's close. like a really complicated yeah. thing, that, and that's one you of have the to reasons. Split an atom. Yeah, <laughs> like, like it, it. The chain reaction is started, and it's so difficult to do. That's why, like, not every single country has. That's hard to do. Like mm-hmm. it is, especially even when you know how to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I don't. I can't tell if the, <laughs> the explosion we saw at the end was just dynamite, C four, <laughs> or if it was dynamite followed by because there were like two waves. Mm-hmm. If it was yeah. dynamite followed by another nuclear explosion. Well, it seemed like everything stayed super bright. Yeah. So yeah. I assumed like nuclear. Nu- yeah, for yeah. sure. But like, I, even if you were to like set dynamite off in like nuclear waste, for example, it's going to throw all the nuclear waste well, everywhere. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, that's why we don't send this. That's why like people say, well, why don't we just send all those warheads to the sun? Well, because like we live in a solar system. And, and the sun is actually a really long way away. It, it is, yeah. but like it, we'd, we'd probably get it thrown back at us. Like it's bad. So like you can't, yeah, it, it we'd even have that issue. Go the opposite way. But I feel like it will just throw our litter into the <laughs> yeah, into right. the universe. Yeah, just we send out Voyager the out there with a nice little welcome <laughs> message. And then the next one is just a bag full of our trash. <laughs> Hey, we learn about past civilizations all the time from their trash, so we have a lot of things to tell. Here's a picture of us naked and also, like, last Tuesday's lunch. Isn't the Beatles on there? I think there's a Beatles song. 
Um, I have no. There's a there's a uh, Chuck Berry. Song. <laughs> Chuck Berry. That's what oh, I was. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I I have that rec- the record, the oh, music nice. from the record. You went up to space, got, Ooh, it, got and it, came back, <laughs> came back with the golden record. Nobody's gonna hear this. I want to enjoy it. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Oh god, you guys. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they got it to nuclear, like, because it's a it's an electronic detonation. Uh huh. And it happens before, it, like, a bomb hits the ground. It happens before it hits the ground. Yeah, it happens in it, the air. Yeah. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. like what? Like, six feet off the ground is where it, like, detonates? Something like something that. Something like yeah. that. Like, it can't hit the ground or you fuck up all of the mechanisms inside that oh, tell it what to do. On the, like, in real ones? In real oh, ones. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. If you I think it's an... even higher than that. It's, like, a mile? Oh, not, like a... not a mile. No. But, like, a couple it... hundred feet up in the air. To maximize how much damage it does. Oh yeah, because it goes out yeah. from there. Right, because an explosion isn't out. It's it. Well, it's it's spherical. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's gonna do all kinds. of... Mm-hmm. I don't like thinking about this. No, that's it's, awful. Yeah. But I had, well, to, yeah. we had to do it, either, which is why I've read so much about it. Yeah. Everybody in that helicopter needs to get iodine. Stat. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, they're still the thing so that, close yeah. to the epicenter too. Yeah. Like they, the fact that they were still flying straight through that like there was no sort right. of like force. turbulence yeah turbulence yeah. from the force of the explosion too <laughs> shock waves must yeah. be a yeah. fast helicopter yeah and the fa- helicopters are not fast no. Yeah. No. unless you're flying airwolf 80s reference yeah. you're not <laughs> you're not going to 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 do that and that's another thing like I don't like to bring up James Cameron, but <laughs> he is your Everybody, MacGyver. Yes. Uh, take a drink when yes, Nick whenever, says. Whenever Nick brings up James Cameron, take a drink. <laughs> Be careful, though. Um, you know, the end of Aliens, the dropship, we're getting a view of how fast and how far away everything's mm. getting before. So you have a sense of scale and you have a sense of how far away. We just you got a helicopter now. And then that's all you see. It's ridiculous. And then like. The orange glow from like normal fire, and then there was like the weird white, white. <laughs> purpley yeah. color. Yeah. Afterwards, and I was like, "Was that was that nuclear? Because y'all are dead, anyways. You're just dead <laughs> yeah, men that's walking." That's the thing. Yeah. Like if you're that close, right. you're toast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't scratch your head too hard, mm-hmm. or your hair is gonna start coming. It's out. all it's... gonna just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a. Everybody died in that movie in my <laughs> <Yeah>. mind because mm-hmm. <laughs> it well, cuts pretty fast. Not after everybody that. died. The mediocre white men survived to, on their magic helicopter. That's what I mean. Like they <laughs> they cut away so fast. Yeah. I don't know if they truly survived yeah. that. <laughs> can you believe they made a Carnosaur three? I mean, I can believe it. I don't <laughs> want to know any more about it. It but... uses some of the same cast really? in different oh, parts. Did they use some of the same footage? Probably. Oh, nice. Some of the footage at the beginning, I think, is from Carnosaur One. I think those eggs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that uh, was reminiscent because you could tell it was like grainy. It looked more <laughs> like an old... Yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, we need to move on to how we would fix this. If it's even <laughs> fixable. Tuna, I'm looking at you. So let's start with you. How would you fix Carnosaur 2? Okay, well, I think my my major problem with it is that it was just so formulaic and, like, so many cliches and, like, uh. So, um, I mean, when it comes down to it, I felt like this movie was to the 90s what Weekend at Bernie's was to the 80s mm. where it was just like it encapsulated all of that stuff from that era high key lighting high key lighting yeah like everything and like and just like revels in that to the point where it's laughable afterward so you pop this sucker in a time machine release it in 1979 <laughs> that's my fix wow. for this 
Because then the Alien, has, what year did Alien come out? Was that? 79. 79? Yeah. Okay, so 79, but before Alien. No, just right before. Right before oh Alien. Oh my God, the timeline would be so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Our movies would just be so, <laughs> right. look at this and go, this is so original. Yeah, exactly. That's, because no, there's not, it doesn't feel like there's an original moment in this film. So if you just put it back before the cliches were invented, then it's going to seem brilliant. It's going to be hailed as before its time. I tweeted a lot about how I think this is the most unoriginal film I've ever seen. And I mm. think that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this oh, yeah. is just hands yeah. down the most bereft of an original idea I have ever seen. Everything. I Yeah. It's... Man, it was so 90s I thought Michael Ian Black was going to pop up and start <laughs> talking about it. Oh... <sighs> Sorry, yeah. I just what thought was of that name joke. Of that and that show? Was, I love the '90s. Yeah, I love the '90s. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I used to really get excited when they would have "I love the '80s" or '70s because I'm like, "Ooh, I'm going to learn something." Right. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, I enjoyed those shows, but it was like, man, this was basically the same thing only in 80 minutes. Yep, absolutely, Sari. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I've been trying to think this whole podcast about what I would do to fix it. I think, so I don't know what the life cycle, hypothetically, of a velociraptor would be like. I'm looking at Callie. To, <laughs> yes. How long would it take for a velociraptor to breed, hypothetically? I don't do think very estimate? long. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they were pretty quick out of the gate. Okay. Um, yeah, let's say under 10 years to be sexually active. Okay. I would say what would be very interesting then is separate the time span between Carnosaur 1 and Carnosaur 2 Hmm. and have this be a hypothetical military base where they shut down whatever dinosaur invasion had happened at the end of number one, but some scientist grabbed some of those eggs, brought them into the basement of a lab. There happens to be some radiation leakage down there. And so these velociraptor eggs are then being exposed to radiation. Their DNA is mutating a little bit more. Ninja turtle style. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they just, and and you can like get wibbly wobbly with the science here, but 10 years or so, like a couple decades have passed. And now they, they, they have these like hulked out velociraptors that are now taking over the base and you send in a team to try and, counteract them and maybe they're the same team that fought the dinosaurs originally and then they come up to these new ones that are beefier and that can kick them across the room Uh, (laughs) ninja turtle style ninja turtle style (laughs) yeah and that can bring in the 90s references yeah Yeah. Uh, because these are basically yeah these are basically sewer gators but of the government Uh, (laughs) T-Rex has a bow staff yeah And and yeah, get wibbly with the science, and you can mutate them however you want. You can ex- I don't know whatever whatever genes you want to introduce. They can look weird, yeah, which can help them scale through the pipes and yeah. things like that, the and then make it into mm-hmm. a proper monster movie. And maybe they can even be different mutations too. So like maybe there's a spider sore that they have to deal with, and maybe there's like beefy legs dinosaur that they have to deal with and there's a bunch of different like superpowers right you're talking about like gremlins the new batch is what happened mm-hmm. is like each each all of the gremlins you get a gremlin in here. Yeah. <laughs> like they're all they're all different you have some that have mutated into like a spider gremlin and mm-hmm. then others that are you know one is really smart and yeah. everything and so yeah yeah i've never seen, seen that. that and i want one person to be matched up against each dinosaur and sometimes the dinosaur wins sometimes the person wins and then by the end of the movie who knows? Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically a new movie, but loosely with the plot of government facility, uranium dinosaur. 
question mark. <laughs> Callie, what do you think? That was so good. That was so good. I don't. Oh, I can't. I can't even remotely come close. I just. I want more information. Who are the people? Yeah. What, where are you coming from? Like, what is going on here? How did the dinosaurs end up at this facility in the first place? Like, I'm glad they brushed over the science of how they got <laughs> the dinosaur DNA. Well, they got dinosaur DNA, which is impossible, basically. And then they don't really talk about how they made that DNA make a dinosaur. You know, like, at least in Jurassic Park, you have like, oh, a mosquito and we get it from here. And, and a frog. And a frog. Why'd they use a fucking frog? See, even in Carnosaur, you were like, chicken's better. Chicken's better. Yeah. Chicken was so much better than a frog. But anyways, like, yeah, just, just more information, please, on that. And then uh, just, I think, more straight up dinosaur attack versus people flying across rooms would have been choice for me yeah mm -hmm. but um yeah that whole that movie that you described needs to be made <laughs> <laughs> like that needs to be made if all you directors out there listening make make series movie because mm -hmm. that's way better than than this one siri does that a lot <laughs> when we get done with these we're like yeah <laughs> I like writing fan fiction based on a rock. It's like, ooh, everyone's got great ideas. So let me make up something. Um, I think you need to, be, well, you need to burn this to the ground. You don't do an aliens ripoff. Just like, I, I mean, it was so blatant. Like, it's so blatant. This is an aliens ripoff. It's just, it's like, oh, there's Hudson. There's the, 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 the APC crash. And now he's like, what are we going to do now, man? Like, it's all there. There's a point where they cut the power. And Hudson has the line of like, what do you mean they cut the power? How can they cut the power? They're animals. That's basically the same thing that happens in here. Every fucking beat. So <laughs> you have to burn this down and start over. But I would say if you're going to do this, my biggest problem with a lot of B movies like this, and I know that it's budgetary a lot of times, but like go further, like push it harder, do more gore, more mm, just, yeah. just if you're going to do, make it uh, more fun. Don't have your dinosaur just show up and punch a guy in the face. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you could still, even without a lot of gore, you could still have that, you know, I, I think it would have been better to cut even before <laughs> we see him, the dinosaur just go, eh and slap at him. Yeah. Like, and then you find pieces of him or right. something. Um, so, but I would say just, you got to go darker with it in terms of just the imagery that you're seeing. It was mm -hmm. just so nothing. Like there's, yeah. it, it didn't go enough one direction to be like a, you know, family film. And it didn't go the other direction to be like a horror film. Yeah. And so I, I'm just left in the middle. So I think push it, just push it harder. Just push harder with these things. Um, I recently watched another Roger Corman film that I thought was terrific, which is called Bucket of Blood. Uh, and it's about a, a guy who works in a uh, sort of a hipster coffee shop in the 1950s, I guess early 60s. And there are all these artists and everything. And he wants to be an artist, but he's not really an artist. He's just sort of a, you know, he's, just, he's a waiter and he doesn't have these ideas. And then he starts um, realizing his he kills his cat and puts his cat like in ceramic, like he's made a sculpture and everybody's mm. like, this is the most realistic cat sculpture I've ever, <laughs> and he becomes this, and then he starts killing people and putting them in, uh, like this, little shop yeah. of horrors for art. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's, which is also a Roger Corman um, <laughs> production. And like you go far with the ideas in there. Cause there's not a lot of gore and blood and it's a black and white film. 
but it's like unsettling. Like the ideas hmm. are like, oh, and I think you could do more of that with this even, even with dinosaurs. And you could keep it dinosaurs, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> it's the yeah. most realistic ceramic dinosaur I've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> How did you get such realism? <laughs> I didn't even know they existed. They looked so sweaty, too. The yeah, they were very yeah. wet. I think, I think they were going for slime, yeah. which is unfortunate. Yeah. People who've never been around a reptile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Definitely not slimy. Yeah. Well, yeah. now it's time to rate this thing, and each of us has our own rating system. I will go first. I will say, which Star Wars movie is this? This mm-hmm. is Attack of the Clones, because it is nothing. <laughs> it's nothing to bad. That's... Where it is, I will say the acting in this is better than Attack of the Clones, but <laughs> that's what it is. Callie, what's your rating system? I don't even know. I can't even remember what my rating system was last time. I usually just look around the room and I'm like, hmm. I think it was go. what kind of plant it was. Yeah, from like poison ivy to like a shade tree. This is definitely more closer to the poison ivy end of life. <laughs> um, something that I don't want to touch or be touched by. Tuna. Uh, my rating system is what food it reminds me of. And this one is store brand Cheerios. Oh. Because it's like Cheerios by themselves, even the brand name ones are kind of like, they're like the boring, like not much of anything food. It's but what then you give you get to children before branding. children develop tastes for things. Yeah. yeah. And then you get the store brand ones, which are like the worst version of that. Like how do we make this boring thing less interesting yeah. and more generic? And not only that, but Honey Nut Cheerios came out two years before, and you're like, what am I doing dealing with these bullshit Cheerios? I, know I should be eating good Cheerios. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honey Nut Cheerios, man. I know. That makes me want to go eat Honey right? Nut Cheerios. <laughs> yeah. Honey I watched this Cheerios. movie, and then I'm like, I need to put that on my grocery list. <laughs> Honey Nut Cheerios and some almond milk. Oh, yeah. See? Yes. That's, but that's so much That's a really than, good one. Yeah. This, this is like off-brand Cheerios. Yeah, mm-hmm. with skim milk. Oh. No. <laughs> oh. I didn't know it was going to get that strong a response. Oh. No, no, get yeah. whole milk, people. Yeah. I, uh, anyway, Sari. Oh, mine's so elaborate. It's <laughs> what trash That's... can would you throw yes. the copies of the movie into? I'd, it varies between all of them or just one of them. Who knows? <laughs> um, and I feel like this is just like a, a dumpster in an alley, maybe. You're just like walking along. It's like. I don't want this. <laughs> Throw it away. I'm not, I don't feel anything for it. Uh, so this is just a place where I can dump it off, and it's maybe not my garbage, just the nearest one. <laughs> oh. <To me. laughs> yeah. I don't know. I also have the image I don't of pirated DVDs, but like a guy in a trench coat in an alley being like, I don't have aliens, but you know, I have Carnosaur too. Oh, and then it's super convenient because you can just take it from him and put it in the dumpster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is the dollar store toy of Uh, movies where you go in there and it's like, it's not Spider-Man. Right. It's man spider. It's it's (laughs) like that. I can't remember if it's an obvious plant one or if it's real, but like the Robert cop. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, time to move on to our final section, which is called Real Good, where we recommend something for you that is real good that will hopefully get the taste of this movie out of your mouth. Tuna, what are you going to recommend that is real good? Um, I mean, it's not going to be my real good because I thought everyone might pick it. Or, and I'm pretty sure it was one of the last ones, but I just wanted to clarify that I have written Jurassic Park and then in parentheses, duh. <laughs> um, but no, I think mine is... I wrote down two. I'm trying to pick. I'm going to pick. It's Primer. 
Oh, cool. Okay. Because it's like, it's low budget. How to do a low budget movie. Yeah, how to do a low budget movie. And it's like science-y and it's like kind of confusing and like, well, not kind of confusing. It's But it's intentionally. Right. But they didn't, Shane Carruth specifically didn't dumb down any of the techno babble kind of stuff. Yeah. And like, it's, you know, it's sometimes you feel like you're beating your head against the wall a little bit trying to understand it but it's you can tell that the filmmaker has a cohesive vision like even if you don't necessarily understand everything that's going on you can tell the filmmaker does and that everything that's happening in the movie is based on that which is something this movie completely lacks yeah (laughs) because it never felt like anybody asked the question like why is this happening yeah. Interesting. Like that movie I, I love to talk about when I was teaching because mm-hmm. th- if, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, they one of the reasons one of the ways they saved a lot of money is a very simple, you know, set and everything. But like one of the ways they mm-hmm. saved a lot of money was film is expensive. They shot it on, I think, 16 millimeter. Even 16 millimeter is expensive. So they rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed mm-hmm. and rehearsed. And so the goal was to get like one or two takes. And that's it. Um, and it really shows everyone very comfortable. And it's like, yeah. yeah. And it's like, that's how you confidently make a low budget film. Right. You're not being wasteful. You're thinking about everything. Cause like pre production on something like that is your time. It's not necessarily money, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, yeah. it's more about the time that you're putting into it. Um, and then rehearsal time is going to be for actors. So you've got to feed them. And they're, I'm sure that they're going to need to get paid too. But you're not, at that point, you're not dealing with cinematographers. You're not dealing with, um, you know, PAs. You're not dealing with sound. You're not dealing, you know, you're just working with them. So the, the longer you can put off the big expensive part um, and then have it mapped out and ready to go. So you do, it's like, that's some really right. smart filmmaking. Yeah. Take care of all of the creative stuff. Yes. And then take care of the technical stuff. Right. Which like, every director in every book I've ever read says that's the way you do it. Because filming, if done properly, filming your movie should be boring. Like, <laughs> right. it's, that's, yeah. you know, what everybody says. Sari, what's your real good? I had such trouble thinking of one. Every question this. I ask you, your head tilts <laughs> to the oh, side no. and you go, oh, no. It's been a long week. Uh, so I'm leaning into the the idea that this kid is a super good hacker and like hacking the government (laughs) Uh facility and I don't know very many movies so I recommend the TV show Mr. Robot Mm, okay Um, Rami Malek is the main character in it and it's he is a computer programmer who gets recruited by a hacker organization um and all the computer science in it is very good and rigorous like I've heard from people who actually work in the industry that like if you were to hack into a system or create security barriers for it, this is what it would be. And so he and this group are taking on this big government-ish corporation uh, that controls everyone's lives. And so that's like the tenuous link is that in this movie, <laughs> there was hacking. There was hacking that was going on that somehow triggered an emergency system and was central to their escape. And this TV show also centers around hacking. I don't know if I was talking to you or somebody else. We were talking about it's also it's like upsettingly accurate. Mm. Like as they're saying everything, you're going, oh, God, is that really is that really how that's done? (laughs) Oh, no. And you just the more you learn about it, the more like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know how I'm unprotected by all of this stuff that's out Mm -hmm. there. So. All right. Callie. So I don't even think mine is remotely related to this other than like a movie that had good lighting. I felt (laughs) Um, 
Mystery Men. Oh. That's been recommended a few times on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, Matt's recommended it, I think, twice. <laughs> wow. Oh, you're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, oh, dang it, now I'm a copycat. But, you know, <laughs> I just, that movie is just so funny and slightly dark. And You like Ben Stiller, too. I sometimes like Bill Bill. <laughs> Um, Ben Stiller. Bill Stinner. Yes, that guy. Uh, But this one, you know, as Mr. Furious, it's just ridiculous. And I, every time I see a triangle, I think of a line, isosceles or equilateral. Like, (laughs) but anyways, um, that's, that's the movie based, based on, on some weird lighting. And I guess that movie came out in the 2000s. So. Uh, late nineties. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty thought, sure. Yeah, I know when I saw it, I was in my first apartment for college, and I started college in ninety nine. You're not a copycat because you didn't know Matt did that. What if they? What if they made this movie and none of them had seen Aliens? <laughs> what if it's just a bizarre coincidence? coincidence? <laughs> that would be amazing. That's yeah. I would have so much more respect for this movie. Yeah. That would Joseph be... Campbell to write a book on that. I one, know. Man. How did that happen? <laughs> anyway, My Real Good is another Roger Corman produced film from 1978, which I think is a good little monster movie. Uh, and it is called Piranha. It's directed by <laughs> it's directed by Joe Dante, who did The Burbs and Gremlins um, and uh, a whole host of other things. And it's not a great movie, but it is a really good movie. It's an entertaining movie about... Um, Military experiment that goes awry where they were trying to breed piranhas that could exist in cold weather or in cold water uh, so they could um, they could dump them into the North Vietnamese rivers was their plan. But then the war ended and that didn't happen. And so they've just kept them up in this mountain uh, estuary and uh, some people accidentally released them into the river. And then you have two people, um, two really good character actors in this, uh, doing a great job in the leads of this film, trying to get down the mountain uh, because the mad scientist stole their car. So they're trying to get down the mountain, warn people, and everybody thinks they're crazy. And it's it's really fun. So it's a really good movie. Check it out, Piranha, 1978. Don't check out Piranha 2, The Spawning. It's terrible. <laughs> um, except for the one scene that was, I don't like to bring up James Cameron, but it was directed by James Cameron. <laughs> Snap, snap. Uh, take <laughs> a drink. A double, double drink right wow. there. Double drink. Um, but yeah, anyway. So, Sari, where can people find you? Oh, um, I'm on Twitter at C.E. Riley. And if you want to hear my voice on a podcast, I co-host SciShow Tangents. Wherever, ta- wherever fucking podcasts yeah. are found. Uh-huh. I'm, I need to go to bed. <laughs> Tuna, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter as Tuna Loons. I also work on SciShow Tangents, so just go to the same place you look for Sari. And then I've got a band at s4gband.bandcamp.com. Excellent. Or just sovietfourthgrader.com. I forgot I bought a domain name. <laughs> it goes to the same place, but it's easier to say. Yeah, it is. Yeah. also love that title. It's <laughs> so good. Callie, where can people find you? I'm on the Instagrams at Fossil Librarian and check us out on PBS Eons. YouTube.com slash Eons. All right. Well, if you would like to follow us, you can do that. You can go to at Real Bad Pod on Instagram and the Twitters. And of course, you can go to patreon.com slash Real Bad Pod 
to check out what we do there. And if you want to kick in a couple of bucks, that would be great. A real big thanks to Black Duck Studios, I Love It Podcast, Candace, Sarah Caroline, and Anna Moss for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you so much. Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can go to cageclub.me and check out podcasts like Why Aren't We? with Dr. Islin Addington, where she seeks out folks who have a way to cope and they picture a world where we are just a little better off. Next week, we're going to take a break from the bad. Matt Gatos and I will sit down for another installment of Real Good to talk about our favorite really long movies. So join us for that. But until then, this has been Real Bad.